And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP Allison DeBrill. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, And no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put a client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be. When you work with financial advisor, as the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized, ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So, by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it's a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products, life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401Ks, 43Bs, TSP, 457, IRAs, Roth IRAs, uh, mortgage options, or social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. We're going to talk about inheritance tonight. Whether you are looking to leave an inheritance, planning on how to pass on assets to your heirs, or if you maybe just inherited some assets, we're going to talk about how the different assets are treated and maybe the best way to think about approaching some of these things. When we were looking into this topic, I was kind of interested to read that um, the median inheritance in 2019 that was transferred between generations was between 76000 to $93,000. So in 2019, people were uh, typically inheriting seventy-six dollars to $93,000. Now, are you, ha- have you come up with a good plan for how you're going to transfer that wealth? And do you have a good plan for when you receive that wealth for what you're going to do with it? Yeah, and so... Some of the reasons why this is important is because we often, in our practice, sit with the inheritors. Um, 
with the uh, adult children of elderly parents who pass on. Well, actually, we, we sit with both sides of the table, really, and we're able to advise both. But um, some of the issue comes up, some of the complexity comes up with the adult children as inheritors. Um, and we see the mess that gets left behind by a mom and or dad who didn't do any planning, um, didn't think ahead, didn't believe they would ever die. Pass. <laughs> there are people, believe it or not, there are people out there who, who think that, that they are going to defy the odds. I often say, I'm, you know, I'm going to defy the odds. I'm going to live forever. So far, so good. <laughs> well, it's not fun to think about. Right. Uh, so, yeah, well, that's why a lot of people don't plan is because it does. You have to then consider your own mortality. And that's not typically a pleasant thought. And so when we are sitting with the elderly parents as clients, then we often advise that, that we will often hear them say, well, that's not my problem. My kids will figure it out. You know, I'll let them fight over it when I'm gone. Look, I, I made the money. I built the house. They'll just be happy to get something. Well, yeah, there's that. But without proper planning of an inheritance or doing an estate plan, and when there's especially when there's multiple children, that's when the complexity can arise. And a lot of unintended consequences get created by failure to plan or a lack of good planning um, on behalf of the person who's leaving the inheritance. It's not that simple. It's not that easy of the kids were going to figure it out because the kid, because there's a lot of emotion tied up with this type of money. Okay. This is, this is not winning the lottery. This is not a big bonus at work. This is not exercising stock options that somebody earned. This is mom and dad, typically mom and dad's money, the blood, sweat, and tears of the family that now is being bestowed upon the next generation. And as we had a client just say today, inherited money can change the color of the blood. I know. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the kids can mix up the amount of the inheritance with love. That, well, he got more than I did, so mom loved him more than me. And, and, and if that feeling manifests itself, that doesn't go away very easily. And it can create sibling rivalry that mom never intended to have happen at all. And maybe she had a good reason for giving more to one sibling than another, but she never articulated it. She certainly never put it down in writing. And so when no, no one knows what mom was thinking except for mom, who's no longer with us. So that is why proper planning of passing inheritance is a good reason. If you care about the people you are giving the money to, which you're given the money, I assume you care about them, you generally want them to receive it on good terms in a good way that keeps the family closely knit and held together, assuming you were that way before beforehand. Um, but it does take some planning and some forethought, and we'll go into some ideas on how to do that. But before we do that, when we have a caller on the line, we're going to speak to that caller. And right now we're going to go out to Virginia Beach and speak with Bill. Good evening, Bill. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. 
Yeah, thanks for taking my call. So um, I'm not a high-worth person, but I appreciate looking forward to your advice on they're trying to put um, – I have a modest amount of money in uh, IRAs and stuff, and I'm looking kind of that safe haven, and I'm I'm thinking about bonds or something like that, a mutual fund, something. What What's a good vehicle that, you know, it might be 2 or 3 or 4% or something, uh, just as a hedge in, case, in all the uncertainty? So where do you have this money right now, Bill, just generally speaking? Um, different kinds of mutual funds of 2035s, or some of them are, um, like I do have um, some Apple stock and things like that in the in the IRA. So target date funds? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you say you're concerned about short-term market movements and you want to reduce some of the potential volatility that you see looming on the horizon. Yes? Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, um, what's this money for? Uh, it's retirement. How old are you? Uh, near 65. When do you plan to retire? Uh, about two years. Generally healthy? Yes. Do you have um, pension, Social Security income for retirement? Um. I will be getting Social Security, yes. Mm-hmm. Social Security, okay. All right. Well, um, we'll answer that question. But first, we would say this. Um, you're attempting to time the market. Whether you're consciously doing that or not, that's ultimately what you are doing. You're, you're saying, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable with the current economy, uh, the world situation, or something going on in the stock market. So I want to get out. Or I want to move to a safer place to put my money. That's that's market timing. Uh-huh. That is um so so if that's your if that's your intent when do you plan when would you get back into stocks or equities? Those things that fear you now. Um, I I'm just kind of you know I want to wait out this year and see what happens and stuff, you know, with all the supply chain issues and things. Mhm. Things get back to a little normal, per se. Right. Okay. Well, Bill, things will never be normal. There is always a crisis of the day. There is always something new uh, to stir the pot, and the media's job is essentially to stir the pot, to get you always concerned about some other world event, and to attempt to, especially financial journalism, to try to get you to scare you out of equities. If you are a long-term investor which you should be at 65, you probably have, and in good health, you probably have 20, 25, 30 more years of life expectancy ahead of you, perhaps longer, then this money needs to stay invested in growth type of assets for the long term in order to overcome the ravages of inflation and maintain its purchasing power so or to, to throw off the income that will maintain its purchasing power to allow you to stay ahead of inflation. So first recommendation is don't do what you're suggesting, okay? Stay invested for growth. Uh, I would recommend that target day funds are not a favorite vehicle of ours, but if you aren't working with an advisor and you don't know better, then they're better than nothing. Um, but generally speaking, we would, we would say that 
you know, you should be invested primarily in stocks or equities, and especially in this low interest rate environment, bonds are, are not a good place to be. Okay, so number one, don't try to do what you're suggesting. Number two, if you're not going to listen to that advice and you're going to do it anyway, then uh, stay away from bond funds and stay away from bonds. Because in this low interest rate environment, which is now starting to increase, uh, interest rates are now starting to tick up because we are seeing largely driven by the by the um, spike in inflation that we've seen here re- recently, that drives down the value of bond funds and individual bonds if you invest that way. So while you might get some income off of those bonds, the income, the, the income that you're getting today is, number one, going to be reduced by rising inflation. So it's not going to keep pace with that. And the value of your bond investment is also going to decline. So we have purposefully either reduced substantially or eliminated the bond portion of our client portfolios because of the environment that we're in. So I would suggest the next, uh, you know, the next best place to do to, to park your money if you're you're going to do it is the bank, and you might want to maybe you can eke out a little bit of a return in a bank CD at maybe get yourself one percent. But uh, bonds are not going to be the safe haven uh, as we sit here today. They're not going to be the safe haven for the next ten years. We don't we don't think that they have been for the last twenty. 30, 40 years because of the inflate, uh, in interest rate environment we're in. So how does that, how does any of that sound? No, I, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I, I was kind of under the impression bonds were a safe haven or whatever. And I was pretty happy with what I was getting before, but um, yeah, I'll stay away from bonds, sir. Yeah. Tr- traditionally, they have been. That. Traditionally, in the past, that bonds were a great diversifier from stocks. Um, when we were basically in declining interest rate environment uh, from the late '70s, early '80s, all the way through the 2000s, um, but bonds and interest rates act like a seesaw. So when rates rise, bond values decline, and so we don't think where we are today is a good place for bonds. Um, if you're bound and determined to jump out of stocks than probably your bank account. But above all that, we don't think you should do it. You should stay invested for the long haul, stay heavily weighted in equities. Thanks for the call, Bill. We're going to step out, take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. Get your calls in now, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. 
Realestateagent.com. All right, if you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call, 627-7979. Now we're going to run out to Chesapeake and speak with Rob. Good evening, Rob. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. White rice. White rice and the warm chicken. Hello. <laughs> hey, Rob, you ordering dinner, takeout? Yeah, I'm. Hey, Kevin, I, I, I'm pulling around the restaurant. My bad. I apologize. Should we take guesses? I'm saying Boston Market. <laughs> no, rice. Some sort of Chinese. <laughs> Maybe. Could be Popeyes. Um, hey, Kevin, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Uh, yeah, man, I, I really apologize about that. Um, so uh, I, I was talking to you off air. So my wife and I, um, we got uh, inheritance recently. It's tied into a Schwab account right now. Um, we got the first, what do you call the, the first minimum required payout on that? Yeah. Required minimum distribution. Yeah. That, okay. That was the first check totally unexpected. Really? That was $30,000 that is sitting in a savings account right now. Cause I'm, I'm assuming, you know, obviously we're going to, some of that's going to go straight to taxes this year. Um, and then we have uh, the remaining amount is 170,000. So we've got to figure out how we're going to invest that. We will be sitting down with a financial advisor. Um, but the other part of it is like, I mean, very gratefully, we we have two children. They're both in high school, and each child has $125,000 set aside for college now. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, and we put our kids in so we've kind of gone from sacrificing and living check to check um, to the uncharted territory of we actually have some disposable income and we want to make sure we're doing the right thing with it. So, I mean, kind of in preparation of sitting down with the Schwab person, um, wanted to know, like, what would you – is there any – do you guys advise much when it comes to crypto and Bitcoin possibilities? <laughs> All right, well, that was a left turn uh, from inheritance yeah. to crypto. Uh, so uh, generally, no on the uh, crypto, at least as of yet. Uh, we're skeptical of it as an asset class, uh, still very unproven and too early in the cycle to invest any of our clients' money in it. Uh, but I think to your larger point, Rob, is you've had a major life event here, okay? And this is it might not be life-changing, but it's life-modifying. And you have a golden opportunity here to build a good, solid financial foundation and set you and your wife and your kids and the rest of your family up on a good path if you seize the moment uh, and and take advantage of it. So, you know, I, I think the, before you get into the nuts and bolts of the inheritance is, you know, you, you we're going to look at want to look at your overall financial picture. Yeah. Do you do you know? I think you mentioned required minimum distribution, but do you know what type of an account the the Schwab account is in? It's still uh, wrapped up in, in in a trust. Oh, it's in a trust. Okay. Right. And do you know we, what's going to happen? Is it going to stay in a trust, or will it be distributed? And who's the trustee? We have. We have. Um, the, the 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 inheritance was my wife's aunt, and they did not have any children. Um, and so my sister-in-law got a, 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 an amount, 
and we got an amount. We have nine years to spend the rest of what's in that Schwab account. And event, you know, after we're, we're, she's waiting on some documentation to come through, and then we'll be sitting down, I believe, with a financial advisor and or the Schwab representative to figure out what we want to do with the money. Like, I don't know whether to take it all out at one time because I was thinking, like, taxes is really going to hit us hard if we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's sounding like an IRA. Inherited IRA. Yes, because when when you inherit an IRA, you you have 10 years to distribute the funds. And you're right, Rob, when the okay. funds come out of an IRA account, they are taxed as ordinary income. So okay. you will need to, I, I think it's great that you're going to meet with a financial advisor to come up with a good plan for how to distribute this over the years. Um, but no, you don't have to spend the money. It could be you can turn around and reinvest it in another investment account so that you're continuing to invest for long-term growth. And Rob, this is a okay. great uh, example of the complexity around inheritance. We're going to run into a hard break here for the news at the bottom of the hour. If you can hang on through that, we'll talk to you on the other side. If not, we'll talk to your problem or your situation in general when we come back. Uh, for those of you who want to jump on the phone lines, give us a call, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. You can also request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, is just to send you the information that you request. Or... If your situation is a little bit more complex, want to talk it out with a live human being, you can give us a call at the office, 456-2200. want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, February 22nd at 6 p.m. as usual. Or you can get the show as a rebroadcast on Saturday morning following the show, whatever the date is on this Saturday. The I 12th. Can't. The, 12th? the 12th. Okay, the 12th. Um but if you can't catch the show live every second, fourth Tuesday, or get the rebroadcast on Saturday morning following the show, then you can get it as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. All right. Uh, Rob, are you still there in Chesapeake? Yeah, Kevin, I'm still here, man. Th- um, thank you so much for waiting through the break for me. Yeah, right. Well, thanks for hanging on. We're talking to Rob here, who uh, uh, his wife received an inheritance, and he's also getting Chinese dinner tonight at takeout, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I, I looped around the restaurant, and my son said, I'll just go in and get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were so, talking about yeah. your inheritance situation, Rob, and... Um, it, it sounded like it was actually an IRA account that your wife inherited? 
you know, I, I would assume so, um, especially since I'm assuming with a with the IRA inheritance, you're automatically going to get that required minimum, you know, first payment. Well, is it's that, not automatic. It's not automatic, and it's not always true. You you have to distribute an IRA as long as your it's not your spouse that you inherited inherited it from. You have to take all of the money out of the IRA within ten years. But you could wait nine years and three hundred sixty four days and take it all out in year ten. You don't have to take annual distributions unless Rob. When did she inherit this money? Did it just happen, or was it years ago? Like no no we got a we got a um, we got a letter uh, I think it was in December okay um, so right just happened Christmas, I yeah believe. yeah so a couple of months ago um, and you know we we haven't really done anything with that first thirty thousand it's just sitting in saving because we're getting ready to do taxes right now so we want to see how that's going to impact um, this year's tax situation we're probably going to owe. Because I retired from, ever since I retired from the Navy like three years ago, I'm finding out like my tax. I'm, I'm basically been owing every year on taxes. Do you know I'm to, I'm, if they withheld taxes already? Because typically they will withhold taxes if you tell them to. In terms of what the, the uh, this this inheritance or like? Uh, let let me just clar- clarify, Rob. the The act of the inheritance is not a taxable event to you. However, the distribution out of the IRA of the $30,000, that is taxed to you as ordinary income. That portion is taxed. But as Allison was saying, in most cases, um, taxes are withheld by the custodian and you receive the net effect after the taxes state and federal are withheld and paid on your behalf. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess the next step is, is, you know, she's waiting on some documentation from the lawyer, uh, and then we're, we're, we're going to sit down with, I guess it's a Schwab representative, you know, to figure out the best course of action with what we want to do with it. And the other, like, the, the real changing thing is, like, you know, my kids, I think they have, they have until they're 25, to spend the 125000 for college, and what they don't use goes straight to the American Cancer Society mm-hmm. once they turn 25 if it's not used. Mm-hmm. So, um, you is know, that 120, Rob, is that 125 in 529 savings accounts, or is it just a set aside through language in the will or trust? You know what? That is a that's a good thing. I, I can tell you right now that um, both kids are in private school, uh, high schools, and um, we've gone ahead and, and started uh, paying off what's left of their high school education. And then if if they have money left for college on the back end, we'll pick that up. Okay. And so because they, who, who's the who's the executor of the estate? That is the person who is sort of in control or in charge of the distribution of the money and in doling out the inheritance. Who is that? My, my knowledge of it so far is that um, uh, it's, it's – honestly, I, believe it or not, I think it's the lawyer. Could, Could be. be. Could be. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's a lawyer. I really do. Um, you know, and my, my wife, I was military, and my wife ran the checkbook and everything. The only reason why I called in was just because, like, wow, you guys are talking about inheritance tonight. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're getting ready to face all these, you know, uh, tough decisions, but, you know, also very thankful situations as well. Well, I, um, I just wanted to get the opinion of some professionals as we head into this. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it does sound like this is a great financial leg up and that, you know, it would be wise to like you're doing to just take your time to meet with some advisors to make sure that you're making the best decisions to really help use this money in, in the best way possible. And and while typically inheritance is not taxable, it does depend on the form and what type of an account it's in and how it comes to you. So you want to be very careful before you just start cashing things in and um, spending it or putting it in your bank to make sure you don't make any um, unnecessary missteps there. I, and I will say my wife apparently has spoken to either the Schwab person or the lawyer, and the, the Schwab rep did such a good job for my aunt and uncle uh, through their advisement over the years when they were working and, you know, retired, that my wife said we may just, like, continue to work with this person mm -hmm. um, to try to make this, this nest egg, you know, uh, last as long as it can. And, and, of course, the ultimate thing is help it grow a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm right, glad. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah, I'm glad you called in, Rob, because I mean, you illustrated to the listeners that you know, while an, receiving an inheritance is great, there can be a lot of moving parts to it. And when you get one, you usually want to respect the wishes of the person who gave you the inheritance, and you want to be thoughtful and uh, careful with it. And it sounds like you're doing that. And while there are a lot of moving parts, it's best to get some good, solid, objective advice. Uh, in order to set yourself up for long-term success. So once again, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. We're going to have to run, take another break. Vicki and Pungo, we see you up there. We're going to get to you right after break. Hang on. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. You can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for our free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put in your name and address, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on uh, this week. Or if you'd like to speak to a live human being, give us a call uh, at the uh, office at 456-2200. And if you can't catch our show live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., you can get us as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. All right. If you want to give a, if you've got a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, 
You want to jump on the phones, give us a call in studio line 627-7979. Right now we're going to go down to Pungo and speak with Vicki. Good evening, Vicki. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. All right. Thank you. I'm hoping you threw me for just a quick uh, loop a few minutes ago when you said an inherited IRA has, needs to be, the, uh, I may say it incorrectly, dispersed within 10 years after the owner's death, um, the original owner's death. Um, I inherited one from my mother, so I'm non-spousal, 2011, so the 10 years have come and gone. But that doesn't apply. I'm hoping I did a real quick Google search. It looked like that rule went into effect last year. Yes. Am I um, affected by that? You got it, Vicki. So because you inherited it in 2011, you were under the old set of rules where... You will um, have to take annual required minimum distributions, but they can be stretched out for your lifetime, so they would be much smaller. Thought, but then when I heard it, I went, "Oh my gracious!" Yeah, like you just said, so many moving parts. Yeah. Okay, that's I would I appreciate the clarity that you know my Google fingers quickly (laughs) thought Mm -hmm. that that's the way I was reading it. But thank you so much. I appreciate your show. I enjoy it every every other week. Oh, thanks for saying that. All right. Thanks for the call, Vicki. And just for everyone else who's listening that may not realize this, uh, earlier when we were talking to Rob, we were talking about a traditional IRA that when it comes out of the IRA, it is taxed as ordinary income. When you have a Roth IRA, the account owner has already paid tax on the contributions that go into a Roth IRA. And the benefit of a Roth IRA is that it grows tax deferred and is tax free when it comes out of the Roth IRA. So a Roth IRA is one of the best assets to leave for your heirs because even though they may have to take it out a little bit each year or within that 10-year time period, it's not taxable to them. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, but that ta- that rule has changed. Mm-hmm. And while an owner of a Roth IRA uh, never has to take a distribution from a Roth IRA while they're alive. If they pass it on to a beneficiary, and the, the, then the person who inherits it inherits the Roth IRA, they do have to take out required minimum distributions from that Roth IRA, um, either over their lifetime, uh, if they um, inherited it a couple years ago, or beginning in 2020. 20, if you inherited Roth IRA in 2020. Around. I think it went. It passed in 2020, but it may have been effective 2021. Right. Well, within the last couple years, that, yeah. yeah. It was recently. Yeah, if you inherited Roth IRA, then that needs to come out uh, under the 10-year uh, rule. Unless it's a spouse. So we've been talking about... Under inherit- most conditions. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking about inheritance, and, and most of it has been uh, non-spousal, meaning you inherited money from someone other than a spouse. But if it is your spouse, you can typically treat that traditional IRA or Roth IRA as your own. So if you inherited a Roth IRA from your spouse and you got to treat it as your own, that means you don't have to take distributions for the rest of your life. And that money just grows tax-free and would ultimately go to your heirs. So that's why we say a Roth IRA is an excellent legacy tool if that is one of your goals. 
But you can see, if you've been listening to the show for the whole hour, with the uh, changes in tax laws, which happen every couple years, um, and uh, the complexity of the different types of inherit- inherited vehicles that one may get, uh, life insurance, uh, bank accounts, uh, traditional IRA, Roth IRA, life insurance proceeds, there are kind of different rules around a lot of this stuff. And it can be overwhelming to the inheritor, which is why we always stress that we, when, when we take on clients, estate planning is part of a good financial plan. And while it's often the last thing that people get to, uh, it is still vitally important. And we make sure that we set up accounts appropriately with beneficiaries um, and that uh, and that um, clients go. Uh, we refer them to estate plan- competent um, estate planning attorneys here in the local Hampton Roads area who will then draft a comprehensive estate plan because – because of the complexity around it to the inheritors. And and at every time we sit with somebody who inherits money, they, they are almost always trying to figure out what did mom or dad want or what did Aunt Betty want? What would she want me to do with this money? How would she want me to treat it? And absent good instruction through an estate plan, there's confusion, there's can be regret, there's anxiety uh, there, there's sometimes paralysis. We have a client who received a substantial sum mm-hmm. that's just sitting in a bank account doing nothing that she does. She's afraid yeah. to even move on because it was dad. And I know how hard dad worked for the money. And dad would want me to be super careful with it. But I don't know what to do. But I know I'm not doing the right thing. And all these jumble of, of questions and emotions that she has because it wasn't really passed to her sort of with the right instruction through the estate plan. Well, and that brings up a good question, something we address in our quarterly newsletter that's getting ready to come out in a a week or two is, you know, should you talk to your kids about your estate plan? So we have some people that bring their kids in that are very open and some people that really don't want their kids to know anything about their financial situation. So it's probably best to be somewhere in the middle. It's probably best to make sure that your family, your heirs, whether they're children or someone else, if they, they know there is a plan, maybe big picture generally how the plan is supposed to work and your intentions behind the plan, even if you don't share dollar figures. So we came prepared to talk about the five best assets to inherit tonight, and we really didn't get through it. So we're gonna make we're gonna save that for another show. But you know, we will say one of the because it's obvious, one of the best assets to inherit is just straight out cold hard cash. You know, money in a bank account, um, liquid, easy to access transferred hopefully by beneficiary and that we should distinguish the role of the beneficiary in inheritance you know that supersedes anything having to do with a will and most people don't know that they don't realize how easy it is to put a beneficiary designation on a bank account uh, an IRA account their 401k that would then very quickly and easily transfer that asset to the beneficiary and avoid the whole estate 
planning probate process. Mm-hmm. So beneficiaries are a really simple and effective estate planning tool. You can add beneficiaries to any retirement account, life insurance policies. You can even add them to bank accounts. They usually don't call it a beneficiary at the bank. Sometimes they call it a payable on death or a transfer on death. But you can add beneficiaries. Now that's different than adding someone as a joint owner. So they wouldn't have any right to that money while you're alive or any authorization. It would just be at your passing that the asset would transfer. Which is something you should not do, which we see happen a lot. You should not add, say, a child to your bank account as a joint owner because you want them to get that money when you you pass away. That's making them an owner of the account. That's making them... uh, give them equal access to the money in the account. That means that if they uh, are in an auto accident and are sued, that money is as much theirs as it is yours, and it can be uh, confiscated through uh, debts or um, lawsuit or that type of thing. Um, there's a whole host of problems when you when you put, say, an, a child on your bank account as joint owner. That... and. If you're trying to do it for estate planning purposes, Mm -hmm. that's not how you want to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. And on the note of beneficiaries, this is something you want to revisit on a regular basis. We revisit this with our clients every single year because you often find changes in family. You know, you have new uh, grandkids or maybe there's a divorce or you just don't like Johnny anymore, (laughs) whatever it may be. It's just a really good idea to review your beneficiaries on everything. And while we didn't get into a lot of detail about the different types of assets and how to pass them, just one comment I want to throw out there before we end the show is that we recommend wherever, whenever possible to consolidate as much as possible to simplify and have ha- have as few accounts as possible as you uh, transition into retirement because we just we sit with the survivors and the heirs and who are left with just or even the spouses who didn't handle the financial mm-hmm. affairs during their marriage that are just completely overwhelmed with the amount of administration or uh, legwork they have to do when a spouse passes. Yeah, we see we see this a lot, especially as people age into their late 80s, 90s. Um, sometimes some cognitive disabilities start to show up. Um, doesn't have to be full-blown Alzheimer's, but um, the, the, a sort of a squirreling, squirreling mm-hmm. the freezer can or... <laughs> effect starts to take it is, people become very distrustful about everything they all open up multiple bank accounts uh they keep money literally under the mattress or literally in the freezer in a coffee can um and they tuck uh they they tuck money all throughout the house um in different bank accounts you're not helping yourself you're just making it more complicated on on yourself and on survivors, and there's no good value that comes from that. Um, 
especially if you have anything under $250,000 in a bank where there's insurance and there's a high improbability of the bank ever going out of business. All right, that's all the time we have for today. We are going to come back with uh, with more of this on inheritance because it looks like um, there's some interest here and we didn't get through, we didn't get through all our check boxes. So gosh, you know darn how it. I feel about right. that. And Allison didn't check all the boxes. We're, <laughs> we got to do it again. All right, for more information about us, look us up online, wealthwayadvisors.com. You can get an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for the free quarterly newsletter, wealthwayadvisors.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.